Pubcast. Martyrdom has many, many facets, especially in our modern life. And I think people are, feel a lot more guilt than they dare show mm. about, you know, not having shown up, not having shown up for other people or doing too much and being resentful that they weren't acknowledged. Martyrdom has many faces, many ages, and many different outfits. Welcome to the Liberated Healer Podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hi, everybody. My name is Gina Cavalier, and I'm the host of the Liberated Healer podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Linnea Hodson, your other host of the Liberated Healer podcast. And today we have Ambika Waters on the phone, and she's quite amazing. Uh, 26 books in wow. the realm, I know, realm of spirituality and angels. And she has a new book coming out, Releasing Shame, Guilt, and Martyrdom. Martyrdom. She also did a, her artwork is so beautiful. She painted the, the angel oracle cards and sold over 2.5 million copies of those. Yeah, and they're beautiful. You have to check them out. So welcome, Ambika Waters. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. So I really gravitated towards uh, your book title, and I do have it here. And this is just a archetype that we talk about here and there, but people don't really understand it when they say, I'm, I'm, I'm really leaning into the martyrdom kind of uh, archetype. So um, would you mind giving us a little bit about yourself and your journey into this realm of work and why you created this book for everybody? Sure. Good question. Um, I'm a trained psychotherapist and worked in bio energetic therapy for many years before I discovered the wonders of homeopathy and then retrained as a homeopath in Britain where I spent 10 years training and working and developing. That's where I started writing my first books and where I was published and have always been interested in healing and development, particularly emotional development. Because I think when we start to grow up, we become spiritual beings. True. So um, I spent a lot of time studying the chakras. I've done yoga now for over 50 years, which amazes me. But I love yoga. been to India twice and um, was fortunate to have a wonderful spiritual teacher in India. Lovely. But really focused, the first book I wrote was on the chakras and I've done eight books on the chakras, and I'm now doing the ninth book called The Chakra Code, which is a wondrous book because with my life development, everything gets deeper and richer. I've always been interested in healing insufficiency or lack of love or martyrdom. And about, I guess about 11 years ago, I really thought I wanted to tackle the subject of martyrdom. I don't think I grasped what an enormous field it is. I mean, it's huge. It is so big. 
Anyway, I was called to go to Israel, which is the epicenter of three major religions on the planet, and all very deeply steeped in martyrdom, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Great beliefs, all three of these religions hold great beliefs in martyrdom. So what I didn't uh, take into account was that when I went to Israel, I would be dealing with my own issues of martyrdom. I, I got on a plane in Phoenix, Arizona. It took me 24 hours to get to Tel Aviv. They lost my luggage. <laughs> I went to the wrong place. It was like, I went, oh, what's going on here? I thought, martyrdom's going on here. <laughs> I stayed there for, I stayed in, in Israel for two and a half months and really had to face my own issues. It wasn't about anybody else or three major religions. It was about me. Mm. So that, and that was a very healing. And I wrote every single day thinking I had a book, but really it was just a way of clearing my own, my own issues. Mm-hmm. So when I left Israel, I was 20 pounds lighter from having gone and done kickboxing at age 65 with, um, I, I got a trainer. She trained me. I was so I was physically stronger. I was mentally clear and emotionally pretty balanced. So it was the beginning of something new in my life. It took me 12 years to put this little book together. And yeah, and um, I don't even time. think I don't think people even know exactly with um, when we were talking when we were doing spiritual work. We kind of understand this as an archetype, but and a lot of people go, "Isn't this? Isn't that good to be a martyr?" I mean, I a mean- martyr <laughs> is someone that suffers persecution and death for advocating, renouncing, or refusing to renounce or advocate a religious belief or cause or demand. So in a part of you, when you're you're going through this experience, you're like, well, a martyr is great, actually. Like, I'm fighting for what I believe in, right? So I'd love to, and Linnea Yeah, has I'm like, well, for me, it's like, when I think of a martyr, I think of literally like Joan of Arc. Yeah. You know? So I'm curious how that translates into, like, how does an everyday person... Like, how are you a martyr? How would I be a martyr? You know? Yeah. So trying to explain it a little bit for the listeners because they, you know, a lot of people don't go right into this topic. Yeah. Okay. So there's Joan of Arc and there are many, many martyrs in Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. It's just a given. Read scripture. You'll see it. Yeah. But in modern day, everyday life, my definition of, of a martyr is somebody incapable of experiencing pleasure. You know, there's the Jewish mother who says, no, no, you go, you go, you have fun. <laughs> you know, and then you feel guilty because you've left your mother behind and you don't want to go because you know you won't have fun because you're going to feel guilty <laughs> that that you left. So it's the, in, I, I describe it as the inability to experience pleasure. You know, the workaholic, for instance, or the, the woman who... Um, gives to everybody in her family but doesn't know how to take care of herself there you go um, yeah the businessman who's divorced and and he doesn't know how to show love to his kids so he buys her he buys the kids everything they want need but he's not really there emotionally for them in their hours of need there's martyrdom has many many facets especially in our modern life and i think people are feel a lot more guilt than they dare show Mm. about you know, not having shown up, not having shown up for other people or doing too much and being resentful that they weren't acknowledged. Martyrdom has many faces, many ages, and many different outfits. 
it's not just, you know, it's not just penance. It's, it's a form of renunciation, a form of giving up on yourself, I think. And I was talking about pleasure deficit disorder. It was a question you wanted to, me to address. And pleasure deficit disorder is now actually a condition. You know, it's a condition that doctors acknowledge people who are incapable of having fun or um, experiencing pleasure. So it's out there. Yeah. It's out there in the medical community. It's out there in the psychological community for sure. But it's it's something you have to, you know, if you blame other people, well, I can't, I can't go out because I have to babysit the kids or I can't go out because I don't have the money or I can't go out and have a good time because um, I'll be punished for it. I mean, if you fall into victimhood now martyrdom is different than victimhood Mm -hmm. if you become the victim of external circumstances rather than taking responsibility for what it is you want to do what gives you pleasure um that's another archetype altogether and martyrdom is i'd say one of the hardest archetypes to transform nobody likes to be a victim absolutely nobody no and and people will do whatever they can to pull themselves out of that deep dark hole of victimhood but martyrdom is acknowledged in in our culture like you pointed out it's like well i want to be like joan of arc or i want to be mother teresa or i want to be you know i i'm willing to die for the whales or i'm willing to die for the trees i mean come on let's let's get real here yeah what do you, what do you do for yourself the question is what do you do to make your life more pleasant, easier, more joyful, uh, to have more abundance in your life. Mm. This isn't carrying the begging bowl. That's martyrdom. This isn't yeah. renouncing. This isn't a form of renouncing. Uh, you know, getting your hair cut or or looking good. It's it's very deep and it's very pervasive because it's rewarded. Once you reward something in a culture, it there you, you know, go. yeah, it's sticky. It's very, it's very sticky. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know another way to put it. <laughs> yeah, when you reward it when you acknowledge something. Aren't you? Aren't you good? You did that work for no money. You did forty hours of work on that woman's book, helping her, and you didn't charge her a penny. Oh I my mean, God! Stop it! You're gonna make us cry. <laughs> You're just talking about Lene and I cruel? all over the place. We're looking at each other before we got on the air. We both have tears in our eyes because this is definitely something we're both challenged with. And yeah, we were both sick this week. I don't think there's there any other people that are challenged with this. Come on. No, but we were both sick this week and we couldn't stop working (laughs) and we felt kind of guilty. And it's like we couldn't even both of us is like. Go lay down. You're not feeling well. And then you just lay down and you're just like thinking of all the things you're not doing. Yes. And this is something that we're really, really, really trying to work on and and balance. Well, look at your guilt. What do you feel guilty about? Why is it you have to sacrifice your health, for goodness sakes? For what? To be rewarded? Oh, look, isn't she a good girl? Look what she did. Well, I'll tell you, it's short-lived. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But once you're rewarded, you're hooked. Right. You're hooked in. You're hooked into that paradigm and it's very hard to break. It's very hard to say you can't buy love. You can't buy loyalty. You can't buy health. 
really you can't you you've got to choose it for yourself and pleasure is the same you've got to make room in your life yeah Linnea, for- what what were you gonna say Linnea? sorry i mean i was just i mean i can't tell you how many jobs i've been in before where my health was not the like thing that was put first you know that's the difference about working with gina is that you know you're an energy healer yeah. i am as well so it's a very different situation <laughs> but I mean, hustle culture, especially in LA and in a lot of big cities, it's, I mean, it is just so relevant and it's like looked down upon kind of, if you're just have downtime, doing nothing is considered like bad in a lot of ways. Cause if you're doing nothing, that means that you have time to do something else, you know? So that I feel like that's where the guilt comes from for a lot of people is that, you know, if you have this downtime and you're putting your health and yourself first, it's like... I don't know. It's like ingrained in us, in this society, in this day and age, and to then, put work wait, first. Wait, you wait, know? wait, wait. Stop right there. Stop right there. <laughs> Stop right there, girls. Because once you blame something, somebody outside of yourself for this, you fall into victimhood. Mm. And that mm. that is just, you know, and you will stay there. So yes. let me ask you something. Do you know what happens to those people who work the 85 hour a week they wind up getting sick they yeah. wind up burning out and then they wind up dropping out of their high paying jobs to recuperate so yes. if you don't value if you don't value yourself if you don't know your worth if you don't love who you are and what you were designed to do on this planet do you think somebody else is going to give that to you let's get real again Let's yeah, and that's why they're starting to add these culture uh, positions within corporations after the pandemic, which I'm a huge advocate for, and uh, you know about how to change a culture in a in a corporation and let people take their vacations, and you know, and that's part of the thing that we're really want to advocate for because we do have this wide range. You're you're a little bit older than me, Amica, and I'm in my fifties and. You're in your uh, late twenties. Late 20s, but this is affecting. This I'm not whole... in my late twenties. Oh, you are in your late twenties. I am. Yeah. I'm 76 am. Years old. Is, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it's affecting all our generations, and still, she's coming up, and these um, youths are like burning out, and and that's right. You know what that's I mean. Right. And so that's why this is a huge topic, and co- corporations yeah. need to put in a culture person in there making sure there's balance and that they yeah that there there's coverage if you know the world isn't gonna freak out and die if that one person needs to take that friday off for their kids or i mean yeah. we need to change this 100 percent. yeah we're tr- we're breaking let me the say cycle. something yeah. okay let me say something here i think all that's good and well if a corporation is willing to take care of its its uh, employees but the bottom line is we have to take care of ourselves we have to know when we're tired, when we're hungry, when we're cold, don't leave it to somebody else to try and take care of you because you'll never grow up that way. You'll never be accountable for who you are or responsible. And you won't take the risk you need to take to take the next step. You'll be very happy having a corporation look after you like yeah. daddy. Sure. And so it isn't just about what they, I think it's great what they're willing to do because they have to, but I do think that really being responsible for your own needs 
Yeah. For what works for you, who works for you, what, who and what are for your highest good is my endless question. Who and what are for your highest good? Yeah. And if something, somebody isn't, if you can't address that, you'll never change it. And you have to ask yourself, is this what you want? And that's why your workbook is really good. I was actually taking, I was using it (laughs) this week. Um, But it, your, your questions are amazing and it breaks, it breaks it all down. If you go through these questions, you'll start to see how you really are inside and how you're responding. And then you can work on yourself. This is just literally like nobody else is involved, just you. How do you look at this? How do you support yourself? How do you honor yourself? How, you know, yeah, that's, this little workbook is so amazing for that. And I'm really needing it and enjoying it, especially through this. Because for Lene and I, we were just talking about this, and um, this is a core issue for us. Like, this is really deep, deep down in our, and programmed in us. And we know that when we kind of release ourselves from this, we're going to have a whole different perspective. So we're actively working on it, but it's work, you know? It, of course it's work, and it's the hardest work you'll ever do. Yeah. And thank you very much for the feedback about the questions. I, I like a workbook format because it really, I once did a whole book on the chakras with nothing but questions. <laughs> it's called um, Life Energy, Equip, never mind, I can't remember the exact title. I'll find it. It's in my bookshelf. Let me just get the exact title because it's it's just questions. Yeah. Life life changes with the chakras, and it's just questions. Just asking yourself endless questions, so that you you know what it is you want or don't want, and how. So when an issue comes up, you get the opportunity to identify it. Am I? being a martyr here am i am i relinquishing some form of pleasure or goodwill or abundance because i wanted to i want to shine i want people to approve of me i want to look better i want to like myself better guilt's an amazing motivator guilt and shame they're amazing motivators for people to do um to be a martyr Yes. And if we're feeling 100%. guilty or ashamed, um, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. In my life, I've I've done things that I was ashamed of or didn't really like what I had done that led me onto a higher ground where I studied something, I retrained in something, and I spent years doing it and being very good at it. So yeah, we're not gonna. It, it's an emotion that we have to experience and. Yeah, so yeah. none of these things we're going to ever get rid of. It's, it's a part of who we are <laughs> as a human being. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think also yeah. with today's day, you know, say social issues, right? And you get someone who's on their, you know, soapbox constantly, you know, really fighting for that one thing that they want. And they're just shoving it down people's throats. It's actually changing the energy in a negative, you know, and that type of is another like nowadays type of martyrdom and... Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's almost shaming people to go your way. And yes. so we saw that a lot with, you know, the political atmosphere, which we don't talk a lot about, but it was very like, you're no, shameful. But it's being like shoved in your face in a way that it kind of made you feel like if you're not on board with that, then what are you doing? Yeah. It's like you, oh, you have to be with, and then you're like afraid to even reach out to the person and be friends with them now <laughs> yeah. because you're like, 
well, I don't really agree with that. So, so I don't know. I think it, it was kind of hurting relationships. This yeah, there's so many layers. Shameful, to it. you know, putting up, trying to shame people into your positions. You know, that's sort of another area. Well, so exactly what you're talking about, and I tell you that it takes a lot of courage to hold your ground. Mm. You know, to really hold your ground and say, no, I'm not going to be doing that. So, yeah, you, you do have to think about it, and it's not martyrdom that's propaganda that's bullying yeah that's, that's abuse gonna... i think it's abuse of the worst kind shaming people to do something that is harmful that's mm -hmm. abuse and not many people have the courage to say no to that and yeah. and now they are martyrs now they are martyrs mm -hmm. hard decision to make i've seen people have to make very very challenging decisions about you know, medical choices over the past couple of years. But I also know people who absolutely categorically refused and, you know, who are thriving today, who are healthy, have high immunity, peace of mind, and um, very stabilized in what they're doing. Past couple of years have really brought out a lot of, a lot of psychological issues in people. I think there's probably more mental illness now than we've ever had. I also think there's a higher level of health and consciousness than we've ever had. I mean, the conscious people who are, they're radiant. The people with um, awareness and consciousness, they're radiant. And they, and they will draw people to them. Yeah. They will, you know, remember what in Harry Meet Sally, I want what she's having. I, want that level of <laughs> I do love that line. <laughs> I want what she's Great having. I have what she's having. <laughs> I have what she's having or what she said no to. But and that, that choice. Yeah. But we talk about like energy attracts like energy. And I just always go back to it because it's so <laughs> easy. Mm. But if, mm -hmm. um, you know, I just found since I've been, I've been doing the liberated healer, which is, is coming on the anniversary of one year, which I'm really excited about. Thank you. And it, it was a download from spirit. Like, here's the name of the company. Here's what you're going to do. You know, you have to go out there and start sharing and opening because you're good at, these are your talents and this is going to be opening you up. But I, I have so many amazing people like you coming, coming through, uh, Linnea, but just my core group now has just changed and we are helped with the support of nature. I've never felt support like I have now. And so it's mm -hmm. out there. But if you're, if when I was more into the other, like self, I used to self pity and I knew I was a self pityer. Yeah. Uh, that was my world. You know, it was like, <laughs> I have a kick me sign on my back. And like, I'm a good person. Why does this happen to me? And that happened to me. Why don't I have the relationship that I want? And it's like, I do everything, you know? So I, and then I went, Oh, Shizel, I'm a self pityer. And I did work on that for years and years and years. And I kind of like, of course, dip in that once in a while, but yeah. that isn't the place I stay anymore. And I feel like people felt me shift that. And there, and that's a huge shift. If you can shift that yes. one thing in your life, like in your lifetime, that's big. Just that thing alone. Cause it was programmed in me at a very young age to self pity myself. And so now that I've gotten over that, I'm trying to work it on the martyrdom. <laughs> yeah. So this has been a really, um, really good information for everybody. Um, what other kind of things, other like maybe your book or whatever things can somebody do today to either recognize? I loved how you were talking about, are you a workaholic? Are you, you know, here are some of the symptoms, I guess. Um, <laughs> but can we get in a little more about that and also about some quick remedies, you know, that 
you would recommend? Well, I think it's really about self-observation. Um, everything is choice. Everything is choice. Everything comes down to choice. And so what are your choices? Do you want to do you want to lose five pounds or 15 pounds or 50 pounds? Do you want to start working out? Do you want to eat better? Do you want a better night's sleep? Do you want better relationships, more money? What, what is it you want? You've, that's the first thing I think you have to ask yourself. I started painting at a time in my life, strange time. I'm going to share this story. It's not in that book, but it's in another book that I've done. After... Um, after the 2008 crash, I started to lose clients. I'd supported myself all of my adult life as a healer. And um, all of a sudden, the clientele just started to shrivel up. And I had to go break into my savings. Then I had to get a remortgage on my house or I was going to lose it. It was just one thing after another. And I couldn't understand what was going on. Why is this happening to me? I've... I've always been a good girl, you know. I, <laughs> I brush my teeth and say my prayers, and why is this happening to me? And at one point, I thought about just throwing in the towel, going to Africa and working on an AIDS project. And I thought, no, that isn't what I really want to do. I mean, I could do it, but it isn't what I want to do. So I thought, whatever is happening to me now, I will not give up my happiness. I will not forsake my happiness. My happiness is an inside job. It does not come from how much money is in the bank, how many clients I have on my, in my calendar book. What will make me happy was the next question. If I'm not willing to give up my happiness, what will make me happy? And I'm a trained artist, and I have the only time I've had to paint in 35 years of professional life is Christmas holidays and the occasional weekend and I mean occasional so I thought well god I've got all this time on my hands I'm going to get a job walking dogs in the morning and I'm going to paint so a friend of mine has pet service and I walk dogs up in the foothills and I had all day to paint and I know this form of painting that comes out of Waldorf education where they wet paper and they throw the paint on the paper and they let it dry and they see what forms and what formed were angels beautiful beautiful angels and all i had to do was fill in the form with crayon add some gold and silver paint and give it a name and i wound up with hundreds of these paintings they were stunningly beautiful i had an exhibition at the best gallery here in town sold paintings, but I didn't enjoy the process of exhibiting paintings. I sent them to my literary agent in England. I said, I think this is an oracle. She showed them to the publisher. They loved the paintings, and they came out with the Angels of Light oracle. They're the same people that did the um, Angel Oracle, which sold two and a half million copies worldwide and still selling. Yeah. And so this oracle, this oracle got printed, and it's really beautiful i look at it every morning and i think wow look what came out of what i consider to be one of the most dire difficult times of my life when i was down to very very little money mm, yeah and and i'll tell you something really funny as soon as i signed the contract for the oracle all of a sudden 
the, the clients started to come back into my life. It was like the tide went out and the tide came back. And I thought, this is what I thought. I had to go through this in order to paint. <laughs> because I talk about being a martyr to your own special gifts. I've always had the gift, but I never thought I could make a living at it. And yeah. I come from a line of artists who all thought, the same thing. My sister was an artist. She passed away before she could really realize her talents. I remember saying to her in, in Sloan Kettering, what are you going to do when you get better, honey? And she said, I'm going to Aspen and I'm going to paint. Well, she never made it. My grandfather was an artist and he wound up doing something else because he didn't think he could support himself. And that was something passed on generation to generation. And I guess I was the one who had to say, I can make a living doing this. This is beautiful work. And I love it. Not only do I enjoy the process of seeing it unfold in an oracle, but my soul is so happy when I paint and when I write that it's like my joy. It's like my greatest joy. Yeah. So, so you answered the question, said, you, do you I feel good said, enough for the life that you want? Yes, I do. And it's taken me 76 years to come to that <laughs> As long as you get there. As long as you get there. It is a process. Yeah. That's for sure. And, and what you know at 20 is not what you know at 40 or 50 or 60. 76 is like the most amazing age to have the experience under my belt to feel I'm really healthy. I'm sane. I'm capable of sustaining a loving relationship. I I got married at 76. I mean, good grief. <laughs> good grief. Love is in the air. Yes. Love Did you have any other air. questions, Linnea? I was just going to say, you know, I'm in my 20s, and yeah. so I'm kind of realizing these things. And, like, you are validating. You're saying a lot of things that I need to hear in this moment as well. <laughs> yeah. And it's just... And like others. recognizing, yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of other people, you know, in my, like even just in my friend group that need to hear this as well, because man, just accepting that you're good enough at your endeavors yeah. to yeah. make a living and to have the life that you want doing what you really are passionate about is, it really is a process. It's hard to accept sometimes, especially when it's an artistic endeavor or creative endeavor. It's like, Man, you know, society really can beat you down in a way that's like, well, it's not a stable, quote unquote, stable job. Let's not so, go. Let's not go into it. Let's not right. go into Yeah. So it's just, <laughs> yeah, you're just saying a lot of things that I need to hear. And I definitely appreciate that. I know others yeah. out there will resonate with that as well. And we need to just enjoy our life yeah. a lot more. Well, get, it's get, a lot of work too. Don't kid yourself. Things that you want are worth working for. Yeah. Things that you really, really want that you believe in, they are worth hard work. I do believe mm -hmm. in hard work, but I also believe in good vacations, time off, time in nature, time to connect with people you love. I believe in all of that. And it's not the easiest thing to find the balance, but if you don't have hard work, if you're not committed to something, all the other stuff becomes kind of fluff. So what, what do you recommend? I'm having a lot of clients who during this time now are stuck in jobs that aren't meant for them. And they're really struggling because they're and just... Get out. 
Yeah. So I know, I know that now, but like it's hard for them. So we were inching their way (laughs) into like trying to find their, their, what really makes their heart sing and their soul sing. But do you have any other specific Then just get out, but, but a little bit more. Some people are more in the process. Yeah. You know, they can't like have that greater perspective right here in this moment, you know? So how can we help them along in that process? What are you afraid of? You're afraid of not having money, afraid of not having food or shelter. What are you afraid of? And yeah. and if you're afraid of something, look, I believe that talent and skill, well, skill is developed, but talent is God-given. Talent is God-given. And if God has given you the ability to communicate, like you've got Gina, or God has given me the ability to paint, wh- why would I be afraid to do it and not believe that God would carry me through and take me forward. Yeah. So, and I saw that with, when um, I had painted these, I think I had 172 angel paintings. They were all different sizes and shapes and colors. They were beautiful. And this woman w- was introduced to me and she said, oh, I'd love to see your paintings. I said, well, come over. I'm in the garage working. She mm-hmm. came over and she, she said, oh, these are beautiful. Would you like to have an exhibition at this gallery in town and I said oh that's the best gallery in town she said yes they're looking for for people uh, for a period of time between uh, December 1st and uh, February 1st or something she said would you like to do that and I said well I don't know I'm <laughs> you know it sounds, sounded like work she said oh, well I'm gonna apply and if you'd like we can do this together I said okay I'll do it so I framed a few pictures, we took a few photographs, and we got our work accepted there. Nice. And I thought, wow, that was really interesting. And we had a beautiful show. It's in all the guidebooks to Tucson. So they, a lot of people came to see the show, and there, the feedback was wonderful. I just didn't like the exposure for myself. But I thought, you know, there's another way. And, and there was another way. There's always going to be somebody, somebody or something that's going to lead you to higher ground. And that doesn't mean you don't have a day job to, to feed you. It doesn't mean you don't honor your obligations to your family or your kids. You know, you do what you have to do sometimes. But also with something higher in mind. And, and the truth of it is, is you have to know what you want. You have you to have, know what I remember, you want. I remember, yeah, I met this amazing uh, healer many years ago in, in uh, Boulder, Colorado. And she said... Um, I said, how, did, how have you supported yourself through the years uh, doing this kind of healing, which was very esoteric and, and not even in conventional healing lines. She said, she said when I was in my 20s, I, I said, God, this is what I want to do, and I need the resources to be able to do it. So somehow she got some small inheritance, and she bought a piece of land with it. She invested it in some kind of real estate that, took off and gave her all the money she needed. She didn't even have to charge money for the healing she did. But wow. she she said, that was the agreement I made with God. And I said, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? That, it was that simple? But I remember saying, I need so many clients a month. I need so much to pay my mortgage. I need so much, you know, to eat, so much for this or that. And and I'd like to be able to put some money in the bank and ask for it. It's it's theirs. You have to learn the skill of manifestation. 
that you are entitled to what you say you want. And I don't mean entitled like like a spoiled brat. I mean that you are worthy of what you say you want. When you know you are worthy of what you say you want, it will come. Doors yeah. open. That's how the universe works. And you have to trust those higher principles or you will wind up being a victim or a martyr. And who wants that? It's such a waste of good creative energy is how I look at it. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a really, you know, I don't know. The topic of the day is you have to know what you want. You have yeah. to know what you yeah. want. And um, and to know you're worthy of what you want. And you know have to know, Correct. know your worth. Yeah. And love yourself and love the process because it's, listen, I'm, I'm still going at it and I will do this until the day I <laughs> the planet. And then I can't wait to see what's out there. You know, it's like... Well, we're super happy that you came on today and um, we're probably going to wrap up here, but I want you guys to know that you can reach out to um, Ambika on Ambika, A-M-B-I-K-A-W-A-U-T-E-R-S.com and her book's mm-hmm. on Amazon, Releasing Shame, Guilt, and Martyrdom. And um, it's a must-have if you're going through this work. And it's a nice little workbook that you can, you know, write in your own answers and guide you to kind of getting in out of that situation. So um, very happy to have you on today. Linnea, did you have anything you wanted to add? No, thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I wish you the best of luck with your podcast. And thank you for reading the book. And God bless. Yes. Many blessings to all you guys and have a good month. We'll see you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support. Podcast.